Head over to Game Toppers LLC where you will find an incredible topper for your table. That's right. The other day I was setting up a game of Bonanza on my table with six people. Unfortunately, there was an issue with the cards not sliding well. Drop that game topper on there with that beautiful mat. And those cards are sliding all over. It's like a professional Las Vegas casino in my house when I was doing that. Well, here's the thing. If you scotch guarded it, like you mentioned in the last episode, that's going to make it slick also. Maybe that's why they were flying off the table. Maybe they were they were catching air, Marty. They were flipping and I'd have to redeal. And you know how that goes. But I was so excited to have the rails on there because no one, because this was an older couple. They didn't have to bend over and pick them up. The rails caught those cards flying across the table. So be sure to go check it out at GameToppersLLC.com. Hey, y'all. It's time for Rolling Dice and Taking Names. In this episode, the guys review two racing games, Grease Lightning and Gravwell 2nd Edition. Marty and I review the latest expansion to Arkham Horror 3rd Edition, The Secrets of the Order. And there will be another contest to give away one of the brand new RDTN t-shirts. And hello, and welcome to yet another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode 233, Deja Vu. My name is Marty. And I'm Tony. I can hear the song in my head. It's a female singer, but I don't know who sings it. I just want to validate, but I believe that is by Dion Warwick. That sounds about right. If not, it's five dollars. That's your. It's coming out of your pocket. Appreciate it. Throw me under the bus. Okay, fine. I'm good with that. Yeah, go ahead. That's what I'm here for. Okay, I'm gonna blow people's minds. For those who are longtime listeners, you're getting ready to be blown away because the first thing I'm going to talk about is a game. Really? Yeah. We're not going to take 15 minutes, 20 minutes. We're not doing any taste test or anything. I'm jumping right into a game, and let me just give people a chance to catch their breath probably pick themselves up off the floor because they're just not used to this type of format of rolling dice and taking names coming out of the gate talking about a game. I'm sure they're not. And I appreciate you doing that because the sooner we get through this episode, the better I am hopped up right now on a little painkilling because I got a little tweaked back and I am, ooh, that's an age thing. That's something I want to hear about. That will typically be right at this point in the show. But I'm going to talk about a game first. Are you sure you don't want to hear about it now? I do want to hear about it in just a second. But I want to talk about a game that WizKids just announced. This is a card game that they reached out to us about on the day it was announced saying, Hi, <laughs> just like that. Hi. No, they said, uh, Marty, Tony, would you be interested in helping us promote this game that's coming out? In fact, we're going to give you a copy of the rule book to post on your website and you're going to be one of the only ones that will have that rule book available for like a week or so okay and i totally understand tony because this game is based on a, on a very popular a band and when people hear the names dj jazzy jeff and fresh prince you know what immediately pops in their mind is marty and tony from rdtn well it's because that's our era man the 80s what can we say or yeah, was it the, the 90s? The 80s. It was into the 80s. Yeah, it was into the 80s. Yeah. So they have a game coming out called DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince Summertime, which is based on their song Summertime. And this is a two to four player card game that plays in 20 minutes. The rules are only two pages long. But what I dig about this 
is that there's a little bit of depth to it. I love it when somebody can come out with the game with very easy to understand rules and it has a little bit of meat to it. Now, we haven't had a chance to play the game. No. But if you want to, you can go out to our website, RollDiceTechNames.com, and check out the rules and see how easy the rules are. One thing I loved about it right off the bat, simultaneous player actions, and that you're going to all play cards at the exact same time and reveal them somewhat like a game that we're going to be talking about later on in this episode also. But I, I just thought it was really cool of them to reach out, and I, I totally get it. I totally, Marty and Tony... DJ, Jazzy Jeff, and Fresh Prince. I get it. It's just like chocolate and peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or peanut butter and jelly. Okay. Uh, oh, are we going to keep going? I thought we were going to ping pong this back and forth. <laughs> you, well, again, I'm thrown off because we're talking about a game so early. So my, my brain can't work this way quite yet. Well, I'm looking at the rule book and I'm uh, like you, I enjoy card games that have the simultaneous See how well I said simultaneous versus all the editing you did to get yours out. So <laughs> fair. <laughs> but where everybody shows their card at once, like like you said, one of the game that we're going to be talking about, or Six Nymph, which is one of my favorite card games. And you know, it's it speeds things up, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. versus everybody playing, waiting on everybody playing. But I mean, you're canceling player action, so it's got that rock, paper, scissors type. Yep. Vibe to it. Two pages of rules, but I like it when in one, there's three columns on the rule book for us. First column is how to play the game. And then the start of the second column is end of game. Anytime when I can make it to the second column, it says end of game. I'm like, hey, these are my rules. <laughs> so this is on pre-order right now. You can go to your local game store and pre-order it. And hopefully uh, you and I can get a copy. Hopefully this is one of those really cool games that at the beginning or end of game night, you just whip it out and play a quick game. And like I said, the the teaser of it does have some meat to it. So I I can't wait to check it out again. This is, let me say it again, DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince colon summertime published by WizKids designer Amari Akil and Hamoud Dennis. Cool points. This game is not about us. I'll tell you that much right now. (laughs) Yeah. So some of the, some of the cards in here are groove, cruise. I'm like, chillin i can vibe yeah yeah that that is totally marty and tony written all over that well i am chilling so you said you want to hear about it but uh, yeah the other day i did something to my back i didn't lift anything lift with your legs by the way for a safety moment and i i don't know what happened have you ever just tweaked your back just tweaked it Oh, yeah. And here's the thing. It typically happens with the slightest of movement. Not Mm -hmm. picking up something heavy. It's like, let me just turn to get something off the bookshelf. Oh, my gosh, I'm down. And and for me, I mean, I don't know about, well, you're talented. I have to put my underwear on one leg at a time. I think you probably just jump in yours. Where is this going? Well, this morning, you know, I was getting up, getting dressed, going to work, and, you know, feeling pretty good, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And the minute I lifted the right leg and twisted, <laughs> I'm so thankful I had to pee. I had already peed. Did you go down? I didn't go down, but I was like, mm-hmm. you know, that, 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 oh, oh yeah, I did this yesterday. I'm not a hundred percent yet. So the wife said, well, you know, here, take you some pretty strong meds and this should help you. It'll help you get to sleep tonight because you don't want to, you know, you need your rest. You need to be able to recover. And I'm just like, God, like this sucks getting old. Oh, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I mean, it beats the alternative. 
Well, to be fair, I've tweaked my back in a lot younger age than this. It doesn't really take much. I understand that. And is that the expression I've been using a lot of? I understand that. Is that the one you have to edit out? No, the one I have to edit out is uh, that's fine. I'm good with that. I'm okay. All right. <laughs> um, so wait a minute. So you went to the doctor and got meds that quick? No, 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 no. There's plenty of meds in this so house. So you're using uh, unprescribed medication. Let's just put it to you like this. It's the same medication you would get in an Advil bottle uh-huh. if you were to take four tablets at once. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Does it have codeine in it? I don't know. My wife just said, this this stuff will work for you. And I tr- said, I trust you on this, right? <laughs> and she's like, yes, you'll be fine. Stop being such a baby. It just, it, it irritates you because it slows you down. Yep. And, th- and then after you sit for a while, especially in these comfy E-Win chairs that I'm going to have to get up from, by the way, you can get your RDTN 30% off at your E-Win. EWINRacing.com. Plus 30% off that desk that Marty has yet, or has he, put together. I have not. Uh, it still has to be done. And the reason why is I went and actually got a crate over here because the current desk I have has file cabinet and, and a lot of stuff I really don't need. So I'm just going to kind of put it away and put it in storage. And I actually bought some soundproofing tiles, Tony. So I'm going to uh, take down this desk, put up the new one, and put up some sound tiles that's going to be right in front of me right here. So hopefully I'll cut down a little bit more on the echo. You're in a really good space for recording, but I do have some echo in this room. Oh, well, being in my daughter's bedroom, but I am an alcove. However, the temperature in the Charlotte area and the humidity for June when you're talking a humidity of below 50% in the South in June, wow. Yeah, it's amazing. I went running tonight and I was like, wow, this is actually bearable. I'm not huffing and puffing and just collapsing at the end of the run. Uh, so I was just like, man, the windows are open. So you'll probably have to edit out somebody's dog barking or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. But have you figured it out? Why Deja Vu yet? Oh, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Because it's a game that we're going to be playing that we played many, 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 many years ago that has a second edition. And also, it's just like I've recorded with you. So Deja Vu. <laughs> so I just thought it would fit perfectly in. Are you going to pull back the curtain? No, I don't see any need to pull back the curtain. No, there is no reason. That's well, why I'm supporting. Well, here's the thing. You, now you've said it. Now people are like, what are you talking about? It's because we're, now I've got to do it. We're recording two you episodes. You led to this. I know. You led to it. You said something about, it sounds like I just recorded with you. Now, anybody listening to this going, well, that doesn't make sense because I haven't listened to an episode of yours in two weeks. That's because uh, by the time this episode comes out, I have gone out on a little vacation. So we're recording two episodes back to back and we just recorded episode 232 just two nights ago. So these are kind of back to back episodes. And Tony, it might be a little light because we haven't had time to get in a lot of gameplays. Now, thankfully, Vanessa is going to join me on this episode and record a segment. For the latest Arkham Horror 3rd Edition expansion, we're going to play it. She's going to do a little segment with me. So we still got some content to give you here. I am going to be, um, while you are at vacating, I get to spend uh, four days with my daughter up in Washington, D.C. So I'm excited about that. I get to go see the Washington Nationals play baseball. Nice. Uh, And also see the um, 4th of July. I, I will have gotten to see the 4th of July fireworks in Washington. We don't know where we're going yet. We're not going to go to the mall. 
Mm-hmm. But somewhere she said, well, we'll find a spot that we can do it and not deal with all the traffic and people and things like that. And we will have spent July 4th in Montana. And we're Ooh. going to a baseball game, but we're going to the Missoula. Is it Paddleheads? It's it's whatever the, the minor league team is there. So we're really into minor league baseball teams right now. And while uh, Adam is here before he goes off, we want to visit as many minor league ballparks around here as we can because the Carolinas are full of minor league baseball teams. Great weather for playing baseball. Yep. Absolutely. So you're going to be doing that. I'm, I talked to a listener of ours, Jerry Reese about it. He's got me all set up on where I need to buy my tickets. He's Ooh. even, to, he's even told me, well, he said, you'll be fine. The stadium is incredible. You'll enjoy the ball game. And he says, now, as far as going to the game, ride the Metro or take the water taxi, and I'm like, well, water taxi? So Donna's looking all this up. But then she found out that the water taxi also has something for fireworks that you can spend over $125 per person to go out on the water taxi to watch the mall's fireworks. The fireworks are going to last 17 minutes. Wow. Nice. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. So $125 for a 17-minute show. Okay, maybe it's not that great. Maybe it's not. I'm sure they'll do other things. but I have gone to that ballpark. We saw one game there. You and did? yes, the Metro is the way to go because when you come out of the Metro, you come up the stairs and the ballpark is right there. It's perfect. Mm. It's a gorgeous stadium I hear, is mm-hmm. it? It is. It's a very nice okay. stadium. Yep. All right. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, two days ago or two weeks ago <laughs> or however you want to do this. I promise that in typical RDTM fashion, rolling dice and taking name fashion, uh, we're going to give, 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 never take, unless you want to give us something. Then we'll take. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to be bashful. If you want to give me something, I'm going to take it. That's fair. That's fair. We are going to give away our, one of our new t-shirts to a lucky listener. And how do you enter this? You may be sitting there asking whatever device you're listening to us on. And I will tell you, it's quite simply go to the form from our website, click on that link, and it will take you to a Google form. And you all just need to enter your email address. You will need to enter your size, mm-hmm. size that you would wear, and why you deserve to sport RDTN fashion wear. That's it. So, so let me ask you something, Tony, as you're, as you're thinking through this whole process, why do you need the size if at the end we're going to contact the winner and at that point we can ask them what shirt, what color, what size do you want? Because I was going to put in a field for which shirt you want. So then you got to do size, color, and what type. Okay, you're making this very complicated for me to have to. So that's why I say, don't put in a size field and just put, why do you deserve one? And then you pick a winner and get all the information. We could make it simple for our listeners where it's just your email address and why you deserve to be sporting RDTN fashion wear. Or I can make it very complicated, (laughs) thus eliminating the ability of a whole lot of people and makes my job easy to sort through the, the entries. That's true. And if you want to go see the shirts, you can go to sirmeeple.com. Uh, that's where these shirts reside. So you can go check them out. And that might inspire you on your answer of why do you deserve why do you deserve a shirt? Now, actually, it's the other way around. We should be saying, why do we deserve you all wearing one of our shirts? Okay, yeah. Spin it that way. I don't care. <laughs> you could go into that form field because we all know it's going to be a random choice and just type a letter because I'm going to make that one required. 
Okay. So, so your email address is going to have to be required. And the reason why you should be sporting RDTN or why we should let you sport our, no, that's the same thing. Either way, you got to type something in those fields and then random uh, listener will be drawn from that survey. And of course, from the, the time this show drops, you will have two weeks to get that done. That's right. Just two weeks, people get those entries in. <sighs> okay. Business is over. We just did this. Can we go over cover games where you got other stuff? Well, yes. No, I do have other stuff because okay. uh, we just got a preview of a book from Aconite Games. I love these books. They're, they're based on uh, Fantasy Flight IP. So you've got uh, Marvel books and Arkham Horror books, Legend of the Five Rings, Descent books. So we got The Devourer Below, uh, which is eight short stories uh, within one book that all kind of have a theme that tie together. Now, I'm telling you what this is all about without reading it because Vanessa took the book and she says, I want to read this. Then like a little over a day later, she went, okay, that was really good. I went, you read it that fast? That woman can read a book super fast. So I need to start just passing her off the books and see if she'll just do a book review <laughs> because she knocks them out quick, but she said it was good. She said it was an easy read and she was uh, entertained throughout uh-oh, I see you're sneaking in here. I see you're sneaking in. Pass them on, and I loved it. I didn't just like it a lot. She didn't just like it a lot. She loved it. Hey, ask her if there are a lot of pictures so it makes it an easy read for you. So Tony wants to know, are there a lot of pictures to make it an easy read for me? <laughs> no pictures. You have to use your imagination. Oh, you got to use your imagination, mm. dude. So I'm, I'm not mm. sure about that. But yeah, there's a couple other books here that Vanessa's interested in reading. And maybe when we go on our trip, uh, she may take one of those and read it on the plane or something like that. Or tomorrow. Or tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. She literally could take a book and be done in, in two days. So there are really, really good books, Tony. If you like books in that... Uh, whether they actually have Keyforge books, so a lot of the stuff that Fantasy Flight has now, I, I, Marvel's super interesting. A lot of books based on the Marvel universe, since they have that IP. Also, I'm also excited because they're coming out uh, this fall with all the novellas that that Fantasy Flight released based on Investigators and Arkham Horror. They were really short books and they were hard to find. They're going to take all those and put them into one book. So I I can't wait to do that either. So it's really cool just reading stuff the lore and everything from these games that you play, it just makes it more in depth. And as Vanessa was reading the book, she said, Oh, I know this person, or I know this place, or I've seen this place. So when we play uh, Arkham Horror, the third edition, she'll go, Oh, that place is referenced in that book, or that person was in that book sort of deal. Very cool. I am excited to hear what you have to say about these books because I, I just, I need to get back to reading. And if none of the things from fantasy flight interest you, as far as the stuff, you know, Warhammer, Mm. Yeah, I mean, those, man, they pump out books all the time and they have stuff based on Warhammer Fantasy, Age of Sigmar, 40K and stuff. So there's a lot of good stuff out there to read based on the games we play, which to me just gets me more into the game when I play it. And that always makes it more enjoyable for everybody. It does. So I don't know if I should read a book about cats because of all the calico <laughs> we're playing or whatever, but you know, sitting up here in the studio with actually the windows open and being able to hear various noises, I have noticed, man, I did a good job mowing my lawn. I got a good stripe pattern going over there. That's a, that's awesome. So, do you try to get a pattern? Because I, I don't. I just yeah. want to get it done. So, you, do, you do it. Do you do the diagonal stripe? Each week has a different cut pattern, so it's very important to do that. So, last week was diagonal going east to west. Uh huh. Uh, last week was going cut pattern was north to south. Mm -hmm. 
and then we'll do the box and yep. then we'll do, um, then I was trying out to do a big circle around the trees. Just keep mm. doing a big circle and get myself dizzy. A spiral? Yeah, spiral. And I watched a video on how to make a stripe kit for your lawnmower where you take a three-inch pipe, uh, PVC pipe, uh-huh. all right, measure it to the width of your lawnmower, the wheels on your lawnmower. Yeah. Take the end caps of that pipe, put one end cap in, then put some very heavy, heavy like the, the sand compound, pebbles, yeah. not rocks, but you need to, it needs to be compact. Yep. Pour that in there. Take a bunch of carabiners, hook them to your lawnmower so that the pipe is laying behind your lawnmower on the grass. And as you walk, it will flatten it and it will look like a professional professional ballpark. It will stripe it for you. So I assume that you could also put that on the back of a riding mower too, just attach it to the hitch or something. Yes, absolutely. You most certainly could. So you could do that and you could stripe your lawn. But the thing is, if nobody can see it, like if you're like if you can't sit up high to see it, it's wasted. And then when you took a turn, you would have to almost reposition it again. So yeah, when you, you turn, you got to turn sharp, or but you can't back up either. So if you miss a spot, you cannot back up. That's a bad thing. <laughs> it's like back up. Yeah. There go the blades. <laughs> yeah, you cannot do that. So Let's go out and use some new blades, yep. Uh, I know we haven't talked about lawn mowing and lawn mowing. Well, we haven't. In a while. We have. Well, see, again, we threw people off early on by immediately jumping into a game, but we've kind of got back on track here. So before we get out of here, let me mention one more game. So you know, I've been kind of obsessed with coin games, right? Yes. You and I are still trying to find a time where we can get together, uh, you, me, and a couple other people, because I want to teach you all Cuba Libra. So Ignacy from Portal Games has a copy of this and was very interested in learning how to play. So Rodney from Watch It Played taught Ignacy. And then I said, well, wait a minute. Can we get a four-player game of this going playing remotely? So we're doing that uh, right now. It's me, Rodney, Ignacy, and a good friend of ours from out in, he was in California, but he's now out in Oregon. Uh, Dave Finkel are playing a game. It is so fun playing with those four because everybody's kind of taking on the role of the faction that they're playing. So when you take a move, you you thematically explain why you're taking that move and stuff. But what has been so entertaining is that Rodney and Ignacy have been going back and forth at each other. It's like there's this one city on the map that both of them are fighting for. The game will be over by now, but I purposely gave uh, Ignacy Uh, a special ability. The event cards in coins, some of them stay in play permanently where you get a special ability the rest of the game. And I purposely let Ignacy have one of those. I could have stopped him from getting it, but I let him have it. And everybody was like, why are you letting him have this? In my mind, I'm thinking, I want Ignacy to be seen as a huge threat. And Marty wants to go underneath the radar. So that's what I've been doing so far. I've been kind of slowly kind of building out my area, getting my troops on the board. And those two have been going head to head fighting. And I'm hoping that I can last long enough to where at the last second I can swoop in for a victory. But it may be picked up on before that happens. But it is so funny watching them two go back and forth over these videos. It's just so funny. So anyway, really enjoying playing this remotely. And it works so well remotely. Interesting. So are, are you telling me, I know we play weekly game nights, and but this is too much of a game. Even you and I could do it remotely. I could set one up and we could play it remotely if I get a version. Yes. And in fact, there is a two-player game. Is it Colonial Twilight? 
Mm -hmm. There is a two-player coin game to where if each of us have a copy, then you can set it up, I set it up, and we just basically send our turns back and forth via, we use like WhatsApp, but anything where you can send a video back and forth. And in fact, Rodney and Dave are doing their own game complaining, I believe it's Colonial Twilight right now, since it's two-player. And I have a copy of Colonial Twilight, so if you get one, which I think it's available over at Miniature Market, then uh, we can do this, man. Okay. Well, why not? I mean, what else do I got to do with my time? Oh, wait. There's the Switch. Oh, wait. There's the PlayStation. Well, here's oh, the, wait. Here's the beauty of this. You only take, we only take like a couple turns a day. So it's, it's literally like just duplicating what the other person just did and then taking your turn. I would like to sit with you face to face to try to explain this as opposed to doing it over video. Uh, because everybody knows how horrible we explain rules and it'll be even worse trying to do it over video. So I would need to learn the specifics of Colonial Twilight, but the gist of all coin games are very similar. And as far as your player actions, are there any that you've backed in the P500? Cause these are all GMT games, if I'm not mistaken. They are. So I, I have backed the Robin Hood. You did back Robin Hood. I okay. did be, because it's supposedly like an entry quote level coin game. And I love the theme of it. So most of them are very historical. I was kind of wanting to do one that wasn't historical. I do enjoy the historical games. Don't get me wrong. But the, the, the Robin Hood just kind of appealed to me, especially since it's a little bit on the easier level too. And it plays in a shorter time, which is also the appeal. So that could be a game night game. Okay. And uh, from Ignacy, who's speaks better English than you and I. It is language dependent, right? I don't know how many versions. I mean, if you're playing Cuba Libre, you got, those are English cards, right? I don't think there's a Polish version. I'm not sure. He does have the English version and has no problem because his English is very good. So he has no problem uh, reading the, and uh, understanding the cards and everything. Okay. Well, I will look into Colonial Twilight, see what we need to do there. But like you said, or maybe... When we play face-to-face, I can say, I didn't like this, and I'm going to save myself some money. But knowing me, you'll guilt me into it, just like you do everything else where I have to spend money because Marty says so. Well, here's the thing, Tony. If you want it from Miniature Market, there's only one left. (laughs) So you might better grab grab it if you want it. Because this is one of those, it is designed for two players. So this is one I was thinking of. So this is based in the French-Algerian War from 1954 to 62. I'm sure you learned about that in school. Absolutely. It was a part of the United States history lessons that we took. Sarcasm, obviously. Heavy sarcasm. So that's one thing cool about these things, too, is you learn about the stuff you just never knew about. Like, I played Andy and Abyss also, which is the very first one, Mm -hmm. which is about the stuff that happened in Colombia in the late 90s, early 2000s, and the political conflict there. Again, stuff you might see on the nightly news, but not understand what's going on within the context of the game. You actually learn all that stuff. So from that standpoint, I'm thinking, you know, with the United States education system, when you and I were there, I don't know about you, but it wasn't until my senior year or no, my junior year when I took U.S. history that we actually made it past the Revolutionary War before the school school year ended. I honestly can't remember. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank on when I'd had U.S. history beyond the Revolutionary War. But I actually learned more about history in college than I did probably. Eh, that's not true. Well, I learned a lot about from uh, Revolutionary War through Civil War, that whole period. But they kind of rushed through the next stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't spend a lot of time in our, in our classes on World War I, World War II. 
hardly anything beyond that. But now we, that was a long time ago for us. And we were living at the stuff they teach now, <laughs> you know, going through the 60s, 70s and everything, the Cold War of the 80s, et cetera. That's sad. They're teaching what we live through. They're teaching our history. <laughs> My back is really sore. I'm so sorry. I'm no, so I'm just sorry. saying after thinking about that, I am an yeah. old man. Oh. oh, that is sad. That is so sad. But but so you, you talk about that from the coin Libra and I had no intention of talking about this, but driving home today on um, the radio, they were talking about how from a video game standpoint that certain battles that a gentleman, and I'm not going to get all the facts right on this, but the, the premise of this was he went and interviewed people who fought in, in the U.S. Marines in Fallujah, mm. and they were telling him that they don't read books, that they play video games. Sure, yeah. And so what would be kind of interesting is if a video game would take their stories and make it part of it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And you can understand this, that there is a lot of people saying, yes, that'd be great to teach people what went wrong, what was what was done to the people in Iraq and, and how that decimated the area mm-hmm. and also honor those that lost their lives over there. And then on the other side, you, of course, have those individuals who are sitting there saying, well, you shouldn't release this game. I think it's Konami. Is that right? Konami? Yeah, the, well, there is a K- Konami, but I haven't heard of anything released by them. What game is it? It's not out yet. It's it, They're working on it. Okay. You, it has you, been in development for a very long time. Do you know the name? Because that doesn't sound like a Konami style type game. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. It doesn't matter. Either way, it's not worth $5. Right. So, so with that, people are saying no, because these people aren't going to learn anything because they're going to think all they're going to do is treat it as a glorified shoot 'em up. I can see that. Yeah. So there is a one of the coin games is based on the Afghani- Afghanistan conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would be interesting because that's one of the more recent things that we know about. The U.S. was involved, Afghanistan, et cetera. Taliban uh, is involved in that. So I think that theme-wise will be very interesting to read and dig more into. Even though you know, I tried to follow what was going on, you probably get even more into what really happened because the rule books do a good job of explaining Here's what these factions are doing, why they're doing it. The actions that are available to the factions thematically fit what happened historically. And I guess to me, I started thinking about from the board game, you know, we always hear about how can you learn? How can they teach board games that tell stories? But are these stories that you would want to teach? Just like they're running into problems with this video game, people say you shouldn't because they won't honor. It It, it was a terrible part of some people's history and it may even teach people to not like certain um, cultures, mm-hmm. you know, and I can see that. I really can. So it's, it's a tough thing. I mean, and as board games get developed, I think that's part of um, something they need to consider, you know, and it's called uh, six days in Fallujah. Okay. That sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. It was just an, it was just announced. Uh-huh. Uh, it's coming out December 2021. And while you're playing this game, you will be talking to the actual, they took the actual sh- soldiers and have their interviews in there. And you will actually talk with them in the game, as well as the Iraqi people. They went and interviewed people who survived that as well. Ah, and so the name of the game, I looked it up as you were telling me that a distant plane is mm. the name of the coin game. It's already in its third printing. And so it's an insurgency in Afghanistan. 
So that is taking place right around that time in the early 2000s, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think that would be super in-house question is, does miniature market, if GMT is sold out of that? Oh, the miniature market's been sold out. I've been waiting for that one. A distant plot? No, there's one in stock. Oh, so which one should I do then? If you're going to let me spend some RDTM money and get a coin game. But you see, you don't have that one, so I got to get Twilight. Correct. Because it's not like we're going to get together. Because if we get together, we're going to be playing Kuba or Twilight together. You know, we don't need three coin games sitting there. Uh, Rodney's playing three three simultaneously right now. Yeah, but if you don't have it, who am I going to play? It's not like no, I'm going no, to be No, no, that's a, true. That's true. Yeah, so get the for sure get the two-player game because you and I can play just like this, and I think you'll really dig it. All right. Well, that's enough for two people who just recorded. We still had plenty of banner. Let's talk some more board games. We're always talking about the amazing sales that Miniature Market has. The problem is, is we don't find out about these sales early enough to be able to get it on the show because, Tony, we've asked them, hey, can you let us know when sales are coming out? And it's like, we can't because we just drop them every so often. We don't even know when they're going to happen. If you want to find out what all the latest sales are going on over at Miniature Market, go follow them on Instagram and on Twitter at Talk or follow them on Facebook. That's where you can get notifications of up-to-date sales or new items that are coming in or subscribe to their newsletter again i would love to tell you the upcoming sales that are that are going to be happening but i just can't so the best thing you can do is follow them on social media so you know when to get the latest greatest deals from miniaturemarket.com speaking of deja vu we're going to talk about a game that is being re-released reprinted re-non-themed kind of re-themed wow we what don't wow me that we loved back in 2013 gravwell escape from the ninth dimension we covered this back in one of our first five minute initiatives on december in december of 2013 yes and this is the second edition but this game uh was originally from published by renegade games so they're republishing it and it's by a designer uh core young and back in 2013, that's kind of when we started talking with Corey. He listened to us, surprisingly, and and we became, you know, very chatty online. And Renegade said, hey, would you like to do a special event at Origins? And Tony, I found the picture of when you and I were demoing and playing the game of Gravwell at Origins with Corey and Scott Gata from, uh, from Renegade Games, the president of Renegade Games. I do not remember this. He's going to show me the picture. He is going to post up the picture of us doing it. I'm, I'm not doubting I, that I should remember because that would have been phenomenal for me. I love the game. Back then, I loved it. The new edition, I love. I love some of the tweaks and changes they've done to it. They've added some new models. Oh my gosh, look at that. Look at us. You have hair. I have hair. <laughs> well, I don't think you're in the picture. No, I, oh, that's, oh, that's Corey right there. See, I, I don't think I was there. I think that was the year that you went because I went the first year it was released. Oh, okay. And I bought that. That was one of the few games that I got at. Um, that's when I actually had to be concerned about luggage space. And I knew, well, I didn't, no, I'm sorry. I did not need to worry about being concerned about luggage space. And I had a game, which was Gravel. I picked up Gravel. It was one of the ones that I really wanted. So this was the next year where you went and I was not there. So yeah, Gravwell is basically a racing game at its core. Mm-hmm. You got a spiral uh, track on the board. You're trying to get from the center of the board to the outer edge of the board, be the first one to get out. And you do that by playing cards. So simple. 
But what's the catch here, Marty? What is it that they kept the same that is very important? When you're playing those cards, you move where there is the most force, most gravitational pull towards the closest ship. You're not always moving forward. You may be moving back. That alone, that right there, every time I introduce this game to somebody, they're like, this is so cool. There's two types of beams. There's a tractor beam and there's a repel. A tractor beam works that uh, when you activate it, you're going to be attracted towards the closest object to you on the board. If that's in front of you, great. That's the direction you want to go. But if it's behind you, that's the direction you're going to go. And with repel, you want the opposite of that, right? When you repel, it pushes you away from the closest object. So you want an object close right behind you to push you away towards the, uh, the finish line. But if it's right in front of you, it'll push you the other way. And so people are thinking, well, wait a minute. I can just easily plan. No, 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 no. no. Which is part of the brilliance of the game. You simultaneously all play cards face down. And when you flip them up, they're resolved in alphabetical order. By the time your card resolves, somebody may have gone before you and the board state may change and really screw you up. Yes. So where you thought you were going to be attracted to someone who may be one or two in front of you, suddenly the person that's behind you is right next to you. And you thought you would be tractored towards that person in front of you. No, 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 no. It's going to go the other way. And that's, oh. And you're just like, I cannot believe that you just played that. Now, there are, um, one of the things, let's talk a little bit about a change that they did. Yeah, well, yeah, because people are probably very curious about the changes. There's a few big ones. So the first one is the card drafting. Mm. In the old version, you would place down the cards face down and put one on top of each. And I think there was, um, if if I remember correctly, 12. I should have gone and gotten the old rules, but there was a card face down and one card face up on each of the cards. And you would go around and everybody would draft in a serpentine draft. This one changed to where now there are one card face down, but there's six of them and two face up. You're going to do two rounds of drafting, so it's going to be dependent on the number of people. The people, right. Yeah, so but, there's, but the fact is is that there's less time spent drafting because you're getting more cards with each draft. As opposed to two, you're getting three now. Don't make it simple. That's exactly what the way I should have said it. <laughs> you're spending less time getting cards. I mean, getting the same amount of cards drafting. Ooh, wow. Wow, I am just really messing You're really making this confusing. You just draft cards, man. <laughs> and, then, and you get a hand of six cards in your hand, and you play a whole round where everybody's going to play every single card in their hand, and then you'll do another draft. And you're going to play through six rounds until somebody either escapes the grab well or... You play through six rounds, whoever got closest to the finish line wins the game. Play cards, rinse and repeat until you're done six rounds. Mm -hmm. That's how it goes. Or somebody actually gets out and wins the game before then. So simple yet so frustrating for me. I guess that's why I love it so much. Oh, here's the thing. And we didn't even talk about the other two types of cards. So there's a card you can repel your ship. There's Mm -hmm. a card that you can do a tractor pull towards. But then there's a card where you can pull everybody towards you or repel everybody away from you. Yes. And don't forget, there's not only ships, but there's space junk. Yes, which counts as objects in the way, which may mess you up. And when you pull everything towards you, everything comes towards you, including including junk. So what is so interesting on this game, and even when we first originally played it, everybody has a card face down. 
And then as soon as all the cards flip up, you're immediately looking around the table. When do I go? When do I go? Is the board going to change? Am I really screwed up? And I go and I look, I played a J. And, oh, Tony played a C and messes me up. And then all of a sudden I'm flying backwards into space. But you do have the option, Tony, of once per uh, basically round of six cards, you can do an emergency stop and go, nope, I'm just going to cancel the effect of this card. I'm going to stay put right here. And that is same from the previous Gravwell. Yes. They had the emergency stop. Now, there was going to be an expansion. Corey told me that he was working on an expansion called Captain's Orders that never saw the light of day. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that was one of the changes with this Gravwell, that Captain's Orders or whatever, now each there are faction cards that come into play for the ships. And those faction cards will be energized if certain conditions are met and they give you special powers. Or if you don't use your emergency stop during a round, then you may pick one of those faction cards to flip over and be energized. And it may give you the ability to tag along with someone. Or, oh, I don't know, maybe you can play your card before everybody else, or you get to see what everybody's playing before you pick your card. Those are just some prime examples. So I'm, I like when you add that capability to it. You don't have to play with them, but you can. And every ship has unique abilities, right? So depending on what color you play of ship, you're going to have special abilities. Now, Tony, what we found was uh, that's really cool, and it kind of really changes the game and everything. It did add a little more time to the gameplay, and here's the reason why. Because you're constantly referring to your cards to see not only how do they work, but how to charge them. So you have to meet certain conditions to charge them. Maybe it's like get halfway past a board or jump over so many objects when you move sort of deal to be able to charge them up. And then you have to decide when you want to use them. Now, like Tony said, you do not have to use those. If you just want the quick, snappy, old Gravwell game that is there for you to do, or throw in those cards to add just another additional element uh, to the game, which just makes it uh, very unique every time you play, especially if you change ship colors. But Tony, as we said, many things like, you know, uh, Empires of the North, knowing what the other ships do can be important. Mm -hmm. So that's one of those things you got to keep track of that you would just have to learn over regular play uh, in order to learn what those, all those ships do. So I enjoyed the special powers. It's something I enjoyed about the, uh, the addition to the game. And another big change from the original Gravwell is you can now play with six players. And this is really interesting because you start at opposite ends of the path. So some start in the middle and try to get to the outer edge. Some start at the outer edge and try to get in the middle. So that means you've got ships passing by each other going in on opposite directions and we only got to play with three three people yeah i think it'd be insane playing with six and the chaos that would happen right in the middle as you're passing by each other right and i think Corey was working on that that was another one of the things i could be wrong but I've, the where you could take in that six player and i think the changing of the drafting helps that tremendously mm -hmm. you know because can you imagine six people trying to draft cards that would just take forever. Basically, what you get now, instead of three rounds of draft, you've only got two rounds of draft. So it does cut it down. So it's a little more streamlined. It does add some more if you want it with the ship abilities. It now supports the six. The art is uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, the art is by Quanchai Moria, M-O-R-I-Y-A. He has done a lot of stuff with Renegade and a lot of other games. He has a really unique art style that I, I really appreciate. Tony, I will say this. If I was to go back and play a lot of the games that I played in 2013, 
I would probably think after playing, you know, as, as what, eight years ago, there's probably a lot of other games now I'd rather play than stuff I played in 2013. And we have not played Gravwell in years. But after our first game, it was like it all came back. And I remember why I loved it so much. After we were done, we said, set it up again. Change ships so we can try different uh, abilities and everything. Setting up is so easy. You just, uh, you know, everybody gets a hand of six cards to start. So there's no draft in the first round. You just start playing cards right off the bat. And then you're just off and running. This game has stood the test of time for me. This is not going anywhere. This stays on my shelf because I actually didn't have a copy of Gravoil. I think you had a copy, but I never owned one. And this is one of those games that I'll be showing my family and everything like that because it's so easy to teach and the utter chaos just makes it so fun. And that has been a negative for some people that I have played with. The utter chaos. They did mm. not. And that was, is that UTT or utter like a cow chaos. Utter. <laughs> I, I, so <laughs> I always mess that up. And and the spell checking won't catch it, by the way. No, it won't. So they've said they never feel like they can plan, that it's very random. Oh, you can't plan. I mean, you can think I'm going to get out this time and somebody pulls you right back towards me. But that's part of the fun. If you can't handle just your plans being totally thwarted and you totally messed up, well. But if you p pay attention... And you play a game and notice which cards, other than the face down cards, two out of the four, out of, I'm sorry, two out of the six cards, you don't know what the other people have. True. So if you're paying somewhat of attention to what's being drafted, I, you card count just as well as I do, big boy. Well, with three players, it's easier to card count than with six. Well, I'll admit six, it's just total fun. Four players, you should be able to like, oh, he picked up the A and the C. Or Marty is spread out throughout the alphabet, so he could be playing at any time. And I also know that he did not get any, that I know of, any repulsor cards, mm -hmm. that all he's got is tractor cards. So that is part of the strategy. Also, when do you want to play? Do you want to play early or late? And if you've got a, a boatload of big numbers, you're going to be like, oh man, I've really got to figure out how to get this strategy played. Like... I'm going to see how they come out. So there, so yes, there is utter chaos to the game, but there is also strategy in how you play your cards. So and I, I, I argue that point with people who say, oh, look, because there ain't no strategy to it. I'm like, bull crap, you just don't know how to play a game. Best laid plans. There is the, the face down card. Everybody's going to have two face down cards you get, didn't see. So you're not, you wouldn't be able to account for those. But I also appreciate Tony on the board. Uh, basically, it shows you the distribution of mm -hmm. all the cards. So it shows you A through whatever. And the, all the cards are basically based on elements. And it shows you what each of the elements, how uh, type of card it is, and how many spaces it would move. So you can see kind of on the board the allocation of the different cards that are in that deck. Only knock I have about it is from my previous version is they did not suit it out like I did with my micro machine Star Trek models. So <laughs> all my ships, I've got a Klingon bird of prey. I've got, you know, Enterprise D. I've got a Romulan in there. So all my ships are very special to my Gravwell board, but that's, that's fine. I can deal with that. Uh, uh, $30 pre-order miniature market. And heck, by the time this show drops, it may not be pre-ordering anymore. $30. Well, only $30 at miniature market. $30 at miniature. It's at miniaturemarket.com. Yeah. And here's the thing. Uh, each of the ships in this one are unique. They have different molds. Uh, so they have different shapes and everything. Has a super nice insert. 
for holding all the ships and your cards and everything. Again, y'all, it's easy to learn. All simultaneously play a card, you flip and resolve. And that is honestly it. The rules for res resolution isn't too tough. The only thing you may have to look up, Tony, is if you're equidistant between two objects, you have to move or repel from the side that has the most objects on that one side. So if one side of you has three objects and the other has two and you do a tractor beam, you're going to move towards a one with a three if you're equidistant from the two closest to you. It's got the most gravitational force. But what if they're equal? Then it's whichever one you're closer to. So if there's two on either side of you, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, if you're equidistant between the two closest ones and there's equal number of objects on both sides, you're staying put. Yeah. You ain't moving at all. Which makes sense. But yes. if you got two on one side and two on the other, then the rule would be, well, whichever ship is closer to you, you're going to be gravitate mm -hmm. toward. Mm -hmm. Look at, see how tied that word gravitate and again, towards? Again, thematically, it makes sense. You're going to move or repel from the objects with the most mass. Ooh, how'd you like that? Most mass. Mass, gravitate. We might, if we get talking, we might make this sound really intelligent. <laughs> so yeah, I know we've gone on about this game, but if you go back and listen to our review back in 2013, we loved it then. It stood the test of time. I love it now, man. And to be honest with you, I can play with or without the uh, ship abilities. If I was to teach it my family, first game, I'll teach it without just to understand how all that stuff works before I'd ever introduce the ship abilities. And the only reason why I will upgrade my version now is because of the special orders and mm -hmm. being able to do six. I cannot, I can add additional ships to mine and use the rules for the special because I don't think any additional cards are in there, but I would upgrade my version. No, you do get more cards in this that does oh, support do? six okay. players. Yes, you do. Because in our game, I had to remove cards out because they're only used for five or six players. So definitely, it, this one will be updated for me because I love the game. And I also am always looking for a quick, easy six-player game. Yeah. And this game plays in, it says uh, 20 to 45 minutes. And that's fair. Depending on the number of players... I, the more players, the more chaos is going to be happening in the middle. Once you get to the end of the game, it, it's it's funny. Sometimes it's uh, you just never know. It could end at any time. When somebody's so close to that finish line, you're thinking, do they have the card to be able to jump out? And then you're trying to think, is there a card where I can get them to pull back towards me? You know, draw them towards you. So at the end of the game, drafts are very important. Especially if people are out in front of you, you're going to be trying to pick up those special cards to pull everyone back towards you. So that is Gravwell. Two thumbs up, four thumbs up from Marty and Tony at Rolling Dice and Taking Names from Core Young, published by Renegade Games. You know, on June 28th, if you headed over to shopportalgames.com, you would have seen a beautiful banner of this site is currently under construction. And we're sorry for some technical issues and the portal icon was all blurry and messed up. Well, you know what? It didn't stop you from buying a game. That's right. But I wanted to bring your attention to something else over at Portal Games or shopportalgames.com. Portal Points. I'm not sure we've talked about that. All you need to do is to become a member. Is you just join now, click on already have an account, sign in, create an account, whatever you need to know. How do you earn some awards? Well, first off, sign up. You get 100 portal points. Then if you place an order, you get 10 points per every dollar spent. Hey, if you like them on Facebook, you get 50 portal points. Hey, if you like RDTN on Facebook, you get no points. 
No cool points. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. So you're better off going over to Portal, shopportalgames.com. Hey, share on Facebook. You get 50 more points. Man, there is nothing I like more than earning free points. And what will that get you? You'll get exclusive rewards from Portal Games. So be sure to go check it out over at, I don't know if I've said this yet, shopportalgames.com. Five-minute initiative begins in three, two, one. We really enjoy really nice racing games, such as Gravwell, Flamme Rouge, and Downforce. But if you're looking for a fun family racing game that plays uh, two to four players about 45 minutes, then maybe you should check out Grease Lightning from designers Kathleen Mercury and Mark Selmeyer, published by WizKids Games. Because this is a very simple game where you have these ships that are racing around the Greek Isles. You have this nice modular board made up of wedges that uh, creates a circular path. The first ship to make it twice around the Isles wins the game. But Tony... What makes this game unique is this push-your-luck element that you have with your movement dice and the dice that you roll to determine how many spaces you move per turn. Uh, Everybody rolls simultaneously. They're going to roll a navigation and a movement die. The navigation die basically gives you one, two, or three, how far you're going to move. The movement die, you're going to get one through six. It's a D6. Imagine that. But let's say you're not happy with that movement die. Let's say that you want to push your luck, that you want to get more. You need to catch up. You need to fight those waves and get ahead of everybody else. You can roll that second movement dice. And as long as it is greater than, then you get to add everything together. If it's not, then only the navigation dice is used. So you're either going to be stuck with one, two, or three. So basically you crashed into the aisle. Also, as you're moving around the board, You may encounter some sea monsters that are hungry. And if you don't have a fish to feed them, it stops you dead in your track. Or you may be able to gather some advantage by cards that you're able to acquire that have special abilities. Some can be played later. Some can be played immediately. Or you may be getting a tile that can replace the ones already there on the board that can change the whole navigation path and put barriers in front of the other players. There's some of these uh, paths are branching so that you can decide which path you're going to take. Maybe you want to go and face that Hydra and because you got fish to be able to get by it because that's the shorter path. Or maybe if you don't have any fish, maybe you need to take a different path to get, like you said, fish that you can use to feed the Hydra or re-roll your navigation die or even re-roll your second movement die in case man i i busted but i want to give myself self another shot so there's these obstacles sitting around the board that you got to deal with and the fish you can collect and cards but i think tony the, the only thing that you can affect somebody else with are those tiles so you take a face down tile and at the beginning of your turn if you have one of those tiles or wedges you put it on top of an existing tile on the track so what you could do is possibly shorten the path for you if you put it in front of you or maybe make somebody else's path longer. But Tony, there's one thing I did like. After everybody's resolved their movement, who's ever in last place gets a token and they get to move twice their navigation die. So every time somebody's in last place, there is a little bit of a catch-up mechanic. Oh, really? I thought it'd be a Zeke mechanic, not a catch-up. <laughs> wow, that was bad. All right, so... For me, what I liked about the game was the push your luck, the strategy of the dice. I enjoyed that. It was a very light game. The placement of the tiles were key at various times. 
I like some of the cards that were in the game as far as impacting other people. None of them were too mean. None of them were such as you got to go back 20 spaces. None of that stuff. The games we played, it was pretty tight. I think this is a perfect family game. Very light. One of those good introduction type games for the youngsters. But for maybe someone who likes something like, oh, I don't know, Gravwell, this might be a little too light for them. But Mm -hmm. once again, it's not trying to be that. It's simply a really fast, quick racing game that has great components and that I enjoyed playing. Yeah, like you said, there are some deeper racing games, Gravwell, Flamme Rouge, possibly down a force that maybe people who don't play a lot of games or kids may not really grasp. This one is the, the strategy somewhat like the push your luck makes it very interesting. You've got these special cards that you can draw that can affect the game and, and, and change it. Play super quick because you fly around that island twice uh, and, and then you're done. So if you're looking for a racing game that's really good for the family or maybe somebody doesn't play a lot of games, Kathleen Mercury and Mark Selmeyer have done a really good job with this game, Grease Lightning, for WizKids. Five-minute initiative is complete. It was a dark night. Rain pelting on the window. We were sitting in the basement when we heard a strange noise, a tapping at the door. Tap, tap, tap. Is that what happened, Marty? No. We were just playing Arkham, right? That really didn't happen. I thought you was or trying did to, it? I thought you was trying to quote the raven. Is, was it? Oh, what, is that what, it? What's, what's the raven? It's like when there's a tap, tap, tap at the, at the chamber door. I do not know. Okay. That's not $5. I, what anyway. I should have said was there was a soft chanting outside. There you go. Barely audible. What were they calling? Who were they calling? Which happens a lot that we find in the Arkham Horror 3rd Edition <laughs> game. <laughs> They're always calling some kind of elder god or ancient one. But or... There is a constant theme in all these. <laughs> If I got Vanessa, exactly. if I got Vanessa exactly. on the show and she sounds this excited, that must mean that we're going to be talking about a brand new expansion <laughs> to Arkham Horror Third Edition, which I believe Vanessa, this is the third expansion. I can't keep up with them, but I love them. Everyone, this one is called Secrets of the Order, and this isn't as big as the last expansion, which had, which was the Innsmouth expansion, had a lot of new tiles, not a lot of new locations. But this does have two brand new location tiles. One's called the Underworld, the Underworld, and one we haven't got to play yet, but I'm excited about is when we get to go inside of Miskatonic University. I cannot wait for that one. <laughs> This I'm waiting, all, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I go there in my mind all the time. Oh, uh, you do. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you, yeah, you do. You do. This also has uh, four brand new investigators, plus there's a couple of new elements, like there's a new type of monster ca- called a shrouded monster. Uh, there are a is a mystery location tile that's adjacent to the neighborhoods. It has its own encounter deck. And there are a couple adjoining tiles, uh, like you have the streets that join the different hex tiles. There's a new one that uh, basically when you cross through it, it deals damage to you. So there's a couple new aspects to the game. But the the big thing is you have some uh, new scenarios that you're going to be able to play through, four new investigators, and a couple new places to go check out. I just want to say the name of the investigators. Mark Harrigan. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm -mm. Preston Fairmont. Mm Mm-hmm. Agatha Crane. Love Agatha. I played Agatha, and oh my gosh, she is my hero. And also Winifred Habamock. 
And if you play the card game, uh, that is one of the new characters that was released last year as its own uh, unique deck. Now, I wanted to say all four names. Do you want to know why, Marty? You know why. <laughs> Let's tell our listeners why we wanted to say all four names, and we know them all very well. Why? Because in the course of the game, we died that many times and played every one of them. <laughs> Y'all, I w- and I had to play another one. We had to bring in a fifth investigator. I ended up as Dexter Drake. <laughs> I don't think we've ever died as much playing. I, I don't think I have. I remember there was one Eldritch Horror game, and I know I died in it. And I, I can't, but we were playing with a large group that night. Mm-hmm. But I don't, we had what? No, three deaths. Three deaths. You died twice. Or twice. the investigators Excuse you were playing. Agatha and Winifred died. died. And then I was playing as you started Mark mm-hmm. Harrigan, and he died, and mm-hmm. then I went on to the new character. So we want we always like to try to play the new character to see uh, mm-hmm. what it brings. And I will say, yeah. probably with every character that comes out, they're a little more complicated. Uh, they add some new mechanics. There's a whole new thing that's uh, called fatigued and driven, which is a new uh, type of condition that can be given to you. Mm-hmm. And a couple of the characters are around that. Driven is a, you can get an extra action on your turn, but then you become fatigued. A couple of these new characters had to deal with make yourself delayed and you get to do something extra. Right. There's right. a couple of them that mm-hmm. did that too. So that's kind of a theme with these. Uh, so I do think the characters are getting a little more complicated, which isn't bad because it just adds. I don't know if complicated is the right word. Their character themselves is a little more in depth. In depth. That's a good term. <laughs> that's, that's a much better term. Yeah. So uh, if you're just starting out, I would say probably start out with the base characters in the game of third edition. Oh, no, just jump right in. Well, you could. You could. Um, so what what do we think? I mean, obviously it adds some new locations. Everything else was pretty much standard fare. Uh, like I said, aside from some of the new monsters, uh, this whole deal of when you go into the underworld and you travel between the spaces and the underworld, you take damage just by moving. That was kind of brutal. Yeah. So you said earlier about the street. So you had the street connecting there. And even to cross the street, you take a... A sanity hit and a health hit. Mm -hmm. And then once you get on that tile of Underworld to go in between them, you either have a sanity or health dealt to you, which was bad for us because that's where the element of the game to try to get the clues on the scenario card, we had to do it from in here for a little bit. So it was like a... A constant losing and thus death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was it was bad. And I so you- I just want to say, usually when we talk about Arkham, I know that we're all like, "Right, it came down to the end, and we won, and it was fantastic." No, we we had three investigators to die, and it was brutal. We fought like I felt like I was actually fighting and worn out. <laughs> and it was funny. So we played through this over the course of two nights. This is a long game, y'all. This isn't a game you're yeah. going to... Number one... You it, need to make some coffee. Yeah, you do. And the setup on this game does take a while. If you don't like games that have long setup, I, I would suggest that you go and see how this works because it does take a while to set up all the decks, especially when expansions come into play. Because now we have all these expansions. So I need to remove all the expansion cards from all the decks Add in the new expansion cards. And there's multiple decks that need to be set up. An event deck, encounter decks, the headline decks, the codexes, the the items and the spells. There's a lot going on. So it probably took me 30 minutes to set up. So I'm spoiled because I didn't I always come down and it's just oh, on the table. Right. <laughs> 
so there is some so sets. Thank you for and, that. And um, it takes, my God, two to three hours. Is that what it probably took for this oh, one? Oh, this one took more than that for us. This one was a, a solid four hours. You think so? Yes. Yeah. Well, I do know that uh, as we were finishing up, we were you were said, I got to go to bed. And, I, then, and was, But we knew we were on the cusp of winning. So we, you said, let's just go one more round. And then we got a little bit closer and you said, let's just go one more round. And we, we actually did win that last round. Now, we're not going to spoil anything that happens in the scenarios. There are three scenarios in this game. Mm-hmm. I will say the scenario that we played had something very interesting at the mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. At the end, we it looked like, like there was two paths to be able to complete the scenario. Mm-hmm. And we were talking at the end, what happens if the party, the group that's playing some people choose one path and some people choose another, which theoretically could happen. I don't think that's a smart way to play. It didn't even occur to me to think that way. I was like, no, we have to do the same thing. Right. But I'm saying we, we talked about this for a while. Yeah. There's no reason After why we had played. there's no reason why a couple of people sitting at the table couldn't go. I don't think we should go that path. We should go this other path. And they start going down the path of a different finale than the other group. And it may be that, one group wins the game and the other doesn't because of stuff like that. I'm all for one and one for I know. all. I, and we were talking <laughs> probably in the groups that we would play with, we would probably all discuss what path do we want to go down. When you're down. in Arkham, you got to stick together. Yeah, you do have to stick together. But that's the first time that I had seen that where you have to make these sort of decisions. Another thing that's cool too is these Which mystery- Which was really neat. It was because now we're both staring at these two. And I, again, I try not to spoil it. These two things that we could achieve- or work towards, and it's like, which path do we want to go? We don't know. We don't know whether one is right, one is wrong. They were both towards a finale of this scenario. This mystery tile over here that one of the ones that we played here called the Unnameable has a really cool scenario deck. We didn't get to experience it a lot, but this is the one to where I was the one that had an encounter card there, and you gave me two choices. You read something, it says, you can take, choose part A or part B, which was kind of new too, and I like that. Yeah, I like the I like the choices. I, I, like, I like the choices because then you think, is one better than the other? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, is one right? Is one wrong? Right? Or it could is it as simple as like, well, no, they're both going to kind of lead toward the same thing. You don't know, and uh, I don't want to read the cards and find out, so I'm going to keep it a mystery to myself because I don't want to uh, see what they are. So there are enough new elements in this game to where if you have the base game and you're looking for some new experiences, again, this isn't a big box expansion. It's a little bit cheaper than the last one that came out. New uh, investigators, which can be used in any. Uh, in any scenario. Ooh, I'm going to be Agatha. Okay, let's just talk about Agatha for let's a second. Let's talk about Agatha because she is fantastic. When you first read Agatha, you weren't too impressed with her, right? And then you said, wait a minute, I'm going to give her a shot. And now my brain can't think back. No, I was impressed with her. I can't remember. You were very torn, though, between yes. her and Winifred. Yes. Yep. So what did it, because now playing this now, we know that when we do our ward actions and when we do research that we need our lore. So I look for one that has a high lore. Right. So that's what it came down to. Oh, actually, we had a very good team starting off. Mark Hannigan was amazing fighting. Uh You were amazing at getting clues and warding and they worked so, and then when they both died, it hurt because- It hurt bad. Agatha had tons of spells and um, equipment, not equipment necessarily, but a lot of stuff going on that Mm -hmm. you were just- She wanted a shotgun. You had these- cool combos going on yes yes we we had some we we were working it mark was fighting and agatha was warding and we we were beating and we were fighting it yeah and warding is basically there's these doom tokens that pop out that you want to get rid of and there's an action called ward to get rid of it and and you really need to do that or 
You For those suffer. that haven't played it, though, let's talk about this mythos phase because that oh my killed us. No, that literally killed us. That killed Agatha. Yeah. So in the mythos phase, which is the very end of the round, this is where you're going to pull these tokens blindly out of a bag. Now, some of them are blank. Good. They don't hurt you. Some of them provide clues onto the board. Fantastic. That's good. Everything else is bad. <laughs> There's a token that uh, makes a monster. Yes. There's a token that puts a doom token on the board, which is bad. There's a gate burst, which puts a doom token all in one neighborhood, which is three different spaces. There is a reckoning where basically any card that's on the table that has this uh, reckoning symbol that's on this, you must resolve it. So it could be different depending. Monsters could have reckoning. You might have some stuff with reckoning. The one that really annoys me now, Vanessa, and I was talking to you last night as we were going to sleep, and it was I was still thinking about it. I do not like the headline <laughs> tokens. I like the headline. Here's why. It gives you, so the top of the card just gives a little bit of flavor text, and it's like a, just like a sentence from, you're going to read one from a Arkham newspaper or something. It says, why even go here anymore? Opinion. Everything hopeless. The end draws near. Adventure's final time, and it gives like a byline. But here's the thing. Here's what it does. These are just random things that happen that don't, to me, tie to the story. This just says, you roll one die, a D6. You suffer a total amount of damage and or horror equal to the die result. This has nothing to do with the story. It is just, All right, here's here, why I like it. deal with the bad thing. Arkham is a hard place. I know, but we have... So it can't be roses and sunshine all the time. You, no. But we no, have monsters listen, popping out listen. and doom popping out and gate burst. Why do I need we headlines? We had a good duo and you liked it because you were able to kill the monsters. We rarely had many monsters out there. Agatha was able to get rid of the doom. We were having an easy time in Arkham. Don't you think the game's hard enough? Okay, here's the thing. Forget about the hardness. I think thematically, I'm just not crazy about these because thematically these don't make, these just random events that happen. Mm -hmm. There's enough randomness going on with a certain monster popping up or the encounters that you must deal with. I understand what you're saying. This is after playing. How many times do you think we've played this now? 15 times, maybe total over ever since it's, it's released. And I'm now starting to realize I'm just not a fan of the headline mythos coin. And I understand that. I understand where you're coming from, but I don't mind it. Okay. It's a bit of tension. I think when you play Arkham, you need to feel some tension. Well, and and we did. I, you know what? And I must apologize to you again because I was- Yeah, getting, you were not nice. I was not nice last night. So- Marty was not nice, y'all. <laughs> he was, I was like, Marty, it's a game. It's a game. But statistically, those we should have well, had some successes. Well, just because we rolled 100 dice and didn't get a success at all, I mean, sometimes that happens. Yo, I'm not kidding you. We must have <laughs> no, rolled four was. times in a row. Each of us had three to four dice oh, per roll. Oh, I think roll. it was more than four times because I, I died. We probably rolled a total of 20 to 24 dice in a row and never had one success. Yep. And I was, successes are if you roll a five or a six. You were some blessed. Some of that time I was blessed. Yep. Which is a four, five, or six. And mm-hmm. if you don't have a success, you lose your blessed condition and have to go back down to normal again. Yes. So this was after rolling and using whatever we had to re-roll one die or to pay a focus and roll a die. I mean, we were doing everything we had. And after it was all said and done, we were wiped out of everything mm-hmm. and we had no successes. No. <laughs> so I'm, I apologize for getting... Again, the engineer mind starts going off. Statistically, this is an anomaly. This is an anomaly. <laughs> of course, I guess you're in Arkham. I guess things like that are supposed things to happen. Things like that right? happen. You you have to, like, I keep, uh, we're due to lose. 
like we haven't lost in a long time. So everybody listening go, what are you guys complaining about if you haven't <laughs> lost? Why are you complaining about headline tokens and bad dice rolls if you win? You know why we win? Because we good. <laughs> I, oh, gee, you just jinxed us. I just jinxed us. Um, I will say this is really cool, too. So we haven't played, uh, God, in months. I got to give kudos to Fantasy Flight Games and their rule book. And there were several times we had to look up rules on how to resolve stuff. They have an amazing rule book. They have an index in the back. And their rules are laid out numerically. So there's like sections, 100, 200, 300. And you'll go back in the back and say, for example, we want to do re-rolls. Now, how does mm-hmm. it work with re-rolling focus? Focus, subsection, re-roll, go to, say, for example, 263.2. Turnover, Boom, right there, explains it very well. I love these rules reference books that Fantasy Flight has been doing over the past several years. And honestly, Arkham Horror 3rd Edition, to me, is one of the best. And this is from a guy who constantly has to go back through rule books to find rules and how they work. Literally within 30 seconds, I could say, hold on, Vanessa, let me look it up. Okay, I got it. Here's the answer. Sort Mm -hmm. of deal. No, I agree. And we did have to look some up. Yep. So there you go. Uh, This is... Secrets of the Order, it just now came out. I almost wish these would come out of Halloween. Uh, last year, the Innsmouth did well, come out close to Halloween. Well, you got to give the listeners time to listen to reviews and then order it and get it in yeah. <laughs> and set it up. <laughs> now, what's nice is once we were done, usually I put everything back away. But I said... You said, nope, just set up Leave the next up. scenario because we want to go into Miskatonic University. We want to try out that new tile and try out some new stuff. So what's nice is I kind of have everything sorted. And so setup won't be as bad this second time around. Mm-hmm. So I will go ahead and get the table set up. And mm-hmm. it, it is nice that we can just come down here. We can play for an hour. Stop. We can. It's easy to find a good stopping point because of the way the rounds are done. Mm-hmm. Players take their turns. Uh, there's the monsters. monsters move and attack, then counter phase, mythos phase, and then you start over again. So we usually get through a mythos phase and we just say time out, stop, and we'll come back and pick it up later. And it's pretty easy to pick it up. Oh, one thing I also love too, the codex cards. Mm-hmm. What a oh, great yes. way yeah. to tell the story. Yeah. Because as you're playing the game, um, it'll say, hey, once you get four clues on this card, flip it over. It gives you some more narrative. And then it may say, go pull card 162. And you pull card 162, you read the narrative, and you continue from there. So it's really neat how the story is told through this deck of codex cards, which is expandable with every scenario. I remember one time, I think it was an encounter that I had, and it took us almost 15, maybe 20 minutes to like resolve everything because of what happened from it. And after it was over... I was like, okay, action. And we're like, no, we got to go through the mythos. <laughs> it was crazy what all we did from that. Yep. And that is fun. But so I, I like this more so than say um, Eldritch Horror, remember, which is kind of how <gasps> the scenario. The narrative, I think, in this is better than Eldritch Horror. And it was, oh. No, no, there's nothing. I'm just saying uh, with that one, you had the, the scenario mythos card that kind of had the, uh, an overall story. Yeah. But here are these cards. It's living. This, it's living and moving and changing. Which is a lot like the card game. Uh-oh. Uh, with the, what they call, yeah, I know you have, you only played it once, but there's acts and agendas, which you play through, which tell you that narrative story. Yeah, and maybe I need to play different. it again. I honestly think it would be, it kind of really recreates this, except mm-hmm. what's nice is, is when you create a character, mm-hmm. you play over a long campaign with that one character and it just becomes your own little character that you tweak and change over the course of time. <laughs> so on that note, 
Last night, when there were times that you could have died, you were having panic attacks over there. <laughs> if I get three more damage, I'm going to die. If I get three more damage, I'm going to die. And <laughs> you, you were really invested in Mark. I you didn't want really, to lose really, Mark. Well, I know. I and heard. I didn't want to lose Agatha either. I, but she fought hard. She <laughs> fought hard. She fought to the end. And I'm like, I got one more damage and then I'm going to die. Oh. And I think it was a headliner. You take two damage. Well, she's gone. We got to get another one. Oh, yeah. But she you fought me- to the end. You remember I said, don't like it. That's when I realized, wait a minute. I'm not so crazy <laughs> yeah. about these headline cards because out of the blue, Vanessa pulls a headline token. We read it. Take two damage. Oh, you're dead, by the way. <laughs> And there goes Agatha and all those sweet cards and spells and items that you have. Agatha was sweet. So I'm looking at her picture now. I love everything about her. She's older. She's got on her steampunkish monocle there. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That is cool. I love it. So she's very scientific, which is not like me. So she's very scientific. She wants to prove everything. You know what's cool too is uh, Vanessa has started reading some Arkham more loosey goosey. uh, Some Arkham horror books from Arkham Knight. Uh, publishing, and she read one um, uh, while we were away on vacation, and it was really cool because you one of the characters, one of the new characters, which is what's his name? Wait a minute, I'm trying to think of the name of the book. Was it the Last Ritual? Yes. Yeah, uh, Preston Fairmont. You you said oh, I, know yeah, he, I know him. I know him. I met him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really cool that you're reading these books, and I've read some books too, where it's like, oh, these characters that we're playing are part of this other thing that we're reading yeah, about. It's it's a lot of fun to do it in conjunction. So, and, and by the way, if y'all would want to hear some book reviews by Vanessa, why don't you comment hey. and uh, say, hey, Vanessa, we like to hear some some of these book reviews because I'm telling y'all. Vanessa can fly through a book. <laughs> she flew through the book Last Ritual, which is probably 260 pages in like two days. And now she's starting another one. All right. So just uh, it was 300 and something. <laughs> and it was in one day on the plane. Ride back. <laughs> but I'm saying that to say they are that interesting where you want to keep reading yeah. um, and that engaging. And they're easy yeah. reads, too. Yeah. Yep. So I'm trying to, so Vanessa reads books a lot faster than I do. So I'm going to, I'm see if I can sweet talk her into maybe doing a little, some short book reviews for us, especially around these Arkham books. This is side note from Arkham uh-huh. and it was a long time ago and I forgot what, it was Game of Thrones. Were you interested in the card game? Uh, I know where you're going with this. So there was a card game, a collectible card game called Game of Thrones back in the early 2000s. And yes, I was interested in it. Yeah. And so you went to the library and checked the book out. And right. it was, it's humongous. If you've I ever seen remember. a Game of Thrones book, one, one. book, it's yeah. super thick. And it was book one. Mm-hmm. And you said, just offhanded, I want to read this because I'm interested in the game. And I said, oh, well, I'll read it. And I loved it. And, and I don't she, know if you ever read it. I never did. Because, yeah. But what I would do, I y'all. Would, yeah. <laughs> after, tell me about this character. After, after she'd read a book, I'd say, okay, tell me what happened. So literally, I'd be playing there, and Tony was invested in this game, too. And I would say, Vanessa, who's this Lannister person? She'd sit down. <laughs> well, let me tell you about, was it Cersei or whatever her name was? Yeah. Let me tell you about uh, uh, the Lannisters here and what they're all about. So she'd give this whole narrative. And I think Tony read them, didn't he? Did Tony read them? He started reading them. Started? Yeah, yeah, but you, you you went through all of them. And, it was, and you'd say, oh, man. You wouldn't believe what happened with this character and stuff. So it was it was so funny that I started playing a game. I had full intentions of reading the books. I was intimidated. And Vanessa goes, I got this. And that's kind of what's happened now with Arkham Horror. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you, you've you read. I read Wrath and the Kai. Yes. Yeah. And I haven't read that one yet. Yep. So there we go. Arkham Sorry, Horror, third everybody. Edition. We digress. Oh, no, no. We just we get in talking about this stuff. Secrets 
of the order. Uh, we are going to play for sure through the next two scenarios. Hey, since you put me on the spot and said about a book review, mm-hmm. I'm going to put you on the spot. Maybe we can stream one playing. Oh, yeah, easily. If, if people want to sit, people are like, if you would like to st- watch a live stream of us playing Secrets of the Order, of course, it'd be full spoileries. You'll, you'll, you'd see everything, which is some people won't care about. If you then don't leave mind, a comment. If you don't want mine, what's sitting there watching us for four hours? Or maybe we, we break up into chunks. We, yeah. could, we could do something like that, too. To We'd act, actually talked about one. possibly streaming this game. We'd streamed before when your brother was here uh, yeah. last year when Bob was here. So we could do something like that. So, again, if you've never played Arkham Horror 3rd Edition, honestly, it is a really solid narrative game yeah, with some really interesting decisions. Yes, there is a lot of randomness with the dice and everything, but there is some strategy to the moves that you make and the items that you get. And you can create some nice little combos like you did with Agatha. And it really is neat to play the game and read the books at the same time. And I'm sorry that I missed it. Fantasy Flight is doing the books. The publishing company is called Aconite, A-C-O-N-Y-T-E. Mm-hmm. And they're basically, uh, Fantasy Flights are working with them. So they have the whole library of all the Arkham characters. Mm-hmm. And they're pulling from that library and writing novels. Yeah, it, they're they're very well done and very mm-hmm. exciting, and it is fun to to read and play at the same mm-hmm. time. All right, there you go. Available now, Vanessa. Thanks. I will start setting up the next scenario. Deja vu. We come to another end of the get of the podcast. Deja vu. See, I'm singing again. I'm messing people up. You about you about put your circle case so free soda pop through your nose. I saw that. But we got to do a little video game stuff. By now, we would have been played our Super Smash Brothers <laughs> golf. So, I'm sorry. It's just so funny that we're recording this like three days before it comes out. But this will be released three weeks after it comes out. It's like, okay, here we go. <clears throat> Man, Mario Golf is awesome, dude. We have had a lot of fun with that game. Well, we know it is. And tonight, when I was at the, at the Wally World... I did check. They had a slot for it, and it is $10 cheaper at Wally World. How does Walmart pull that off? Volume, baby. Amazon doesn't do it. Bezos needs to go to space. He needs somebody to support his rockets. So he's going to charge you all of that. That's a good deal, $10 off. I am, yeah, I'm super excited. Like I said, we do want to try playing some on our Discord channel. There are people there who's actually joined our channel who are, are ready. It's like, all right, Mario Golf is coming, y'all. Let's uh, get together. Let's play some battle golf and uh, stuff. And I'll probably be streaming some on Twitch, uh, sharing some of our uh, escapades uh, of doing uh, this game. And uh, I hope the RPG mode is good Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's fun just to kind of take your, uh, I think you're going to make a, uh, not a meeple. What's it called? A me, M-I-I. And uh, basically be able to level up because the first game, uh, you play the Game Boy Advance version, right? Still have it. Yeah. The RPG element and that was good mm-hmm. because as you get uh, points to spend, you can change, you know, how strong or how far you can hit, how much slice you have. You know, everything is kind of adjustable and just got to decide where to spend your points. Yes. And um, your sweet spot on your club, better clubs. And of course, you can always upgrade your clothing. Not that I care to. No. So, so I just go out there like I played in sweatpants and didn't <laughs> run off the course. I'll never forget that. Oh, I cannot believe You got it. run off a course? Almost. I almost got run. So when I was dating my wife and her father invited me to go play golf because he knew I enjoyed golf, I showed up 
college kid, senior in college, never played at a course that you actually, other than pay to play at, in other words, there's memberships involved, I show up in sweatpants and a sweatshirt because that is how I would play golf. Because where I went and played golf, you didn't need to do that. You played on a dog track is what you were doing. <laughs> I, that's, I mean, me and our other roommate, uh, Lucky, you know, we would go out and we could play golf for $10 all day. Hey, I'm talking public courses, baby. That's exactly. all I knew about. There's a couple of public courses in Charlotte that were horrible to play, but it was dirt cheap. And you, there, there were no carts. You were walking. And they told him, they said, you know, uh, Mr. Garnett, um, because he's a guest of yours, we're not going to kick him off the course. But next time, please make sure he's dressed appropriately. <laughs> I said, that's the last time I'll ever play here. A year later, I was playing there, but I was dressed appropriately. Uh, there you go. There you go. So I'm excited for Mario Golf. Looking forward to that. Monster Hunter, got to play the other night. I still, one day before... Well, Adam's going to be gone. Maybe, maybe when he and I can play one night when he's out in Montana and you're asleep and I'm still up, maybe he can teach me and level me up. Very excited from that, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with this Mario Golf and see how easy it is for us to get online. Again, uh, luckily it has a, a good solo player mode or single player mode uh, with some multiplayer options. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Or I have been playing it and it's really good. Or I have been playing and it's just, yeah, it just wasn't the right thing for me. So I traded it in. It, one of those options are going to be happening by the time uh, people hear this. And from my standpoint, Marty forced me to buy it and I'm <laughs> stuck with it. <laughs> I know how this works. I know how this works. <sighs> so enjoy your vacation. I hope you have a blast and keep rolling dice and taking names. Don't forget, we're giving away a t-shirt from SirMeeple.com. Go out there, fill out the form. Let us know why you need an RDTN t-shirt and you might be the winner. Join our Discord channel, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Dyson Names, and we'll see you next episode. Got a stinger? Once again, you asked me, do I have a stinger? It's like deja vu all over. So you don't have one? I never do. I got to start planning better. <laughs>